0: Welcome to the Divorce Tribe Podcast. My name is Luke Mydell, and I created this weekly podcast to provide support and healing as you navigate the daily trials that accompany divorce. I have been where you are, I have walked that lonely road, and I'm hoping to share what I have learned and what I am still learning through others. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. Welcome to episode 16, Thanksgiving and Gratitude in Divorce. This week is a special Thanksgiving episode where we'll talk about the importance of recognizing your blessings and things to be thankful for even as you were dealing with the struggles of divorce. My goal this episode is to share my experience with gratitude in divorce even as I dealt with and continue to deal with grief and pain. This week it especially struck home and I don't know why, but sometimes you just have those moments where grief hits, even three years after, where you start thinking about the life you once led and you just start reflecting and everything kind of comes crashing down. That's normal. You spent however long with this person dedicating your life and uh, to have it crash down feels like a failure. But During this episode, we're going to focus on what we should be grateful for. And to start off, I'm going to have my son and my daughter come share some of the things that they're grateful for. So, Ben, Maddie, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi! Hi. Well, today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, guys. So... What I want you to do is think of the turkeys that are up on our wall, think of the things you've thought about as Thanksgiving has come, and tell me what you are grateful for. Maddie, would you like to go first? Family. And keep going. What else? Um, life. What? What about family are you grateful for? Because they take care of you, they keep you healthy, <clears throat> Ben, stop getting in my face. Okay, Rest. Ben, what uh, about you? What are you grateful for and why? I'm grateful for Eggo Waffles, Bagel <laughs> Bites, those are two things I'm thankful for. Okay. What else? Um, <laughs> Video games. <laughs> okay. okay well thank you for uh sharing what you're grateful for uh are you excited for thanksgiving coming up this week yes what are you most excited for i'm most excited about school being out that's a good thing oh, to be yeah. excited for i think i like that it's also good that you'll be able to visit with cousins Eat a lot of good food, oh, right? Yeah. I, I guess so. i stuff myself with pumpkin all. pie! I guess that's also good. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me today, guys. Good night. Okay. Good night! Ah! So, obviously, they're a little excited. They're happy for school to be out, for it to be a short week. Uh, they get out Wednesday this week, and so it'll be... Me working, trying to work while they're home, uh, having a blast, and then we've got Thanksgiving. So, in the United States, Thanksgiving is when we celebrate what we are thankful for by overindulging in turkey, stuffing, and mashed potatoes until we feel like bloated and beached wells. Then we take a nap. In reality, at least for me and most of the people I know, it's about gathering together as family and friends. We talk, we play games and we overindulge in turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes, but during that time we focus on what we are thankful for. So, how do you find that while you're going through divorce? Well, before we delve into that, it's time for story time, where I discuss the current book I'm reading, and today it fits nicely into the topic at hand. I have now finished Getting Past Your Breakup by Susan J. Elliott, and despite it being a bit dated, you know, talking about MySpace, The content is still very applicable today, and it just so happens that one section clearly applies to today's topic, writing gratitude lists in your daily journal. Quote, When my therapist first suggested this to me, I was in a bad place. My marriage had recently ended. I had taken my kids and left my house and pets. I had no job, and I was terribly depressed. Not only did everything seem bleak in the present and future, but I had just opened the can of worms that was my painful past. I couldn't imagine times being worse. So when my therapist told me to write down every positive thing in my life, I couldn't think of a single thing. She told me to write down that I had clothes. I looked at my clothes. They weren't nice and didn't fit. Why would I write about that? She told me to write it down anyway, and I wrote that I had a pair of pants and a closet to hang them in. It seemed silly, but I had no ideas of my own, so I did it. My assignment was to write gratitude entries every day, once in the morning and once at night. In the beginning, my gratitude lists were very basic. Almost every night I wrote that I was grateful for my children. I was grateful for nice weather. I was grateful when I had a hot meal or a hot shower. It was not that I didn't normally have these comforts, but I realized that many people did not. Soon I started to feel grateful when the car started, or when I was in a short line at the grocery store. As time went on, I started going through my days looking for things for my daily entries, and noticing many things that actually went right throughout the day. End quote. So she really does a good job of describing how you feel during the first few weeks or months of divorce. You don't really feel grateful for anything. And then you come up to this big family holiday called Thanksgiving, which is all about feeling grateful for the blessings you have in your life. And you wonder, what is there to celebrate? For 39 years of my life, Thanksgiving hadn't changed much. Of course, I did grow out of diapers eventually. I graduated from kindergarten. Okay, I was homeschooled for kindergarten. But I was the top student that year in my homeschool. Well, that all changed over two years ago when I spent my first Thanksgiving as a divorced person. And at the same time, my parents had recently left on a church mission to Hawaii, and this was the first Thanksgiving without them. So my main familial support was gone. Sure, I still had my brothers close by, but there's something comforting about being able to give your parents a hug and just spill your guts about everything that's going on in your life. I invited my ex to the big family dinner at the church that first year because she was alone. She didn't have family close by that was going to be celebrating. And to be honest, I felt bad for her. All of a sudden, she was alone after having spent the last 15 years spending Thanksgiving with my family. I think we may have spent two years with her family. They lived further away. They didn't really do much around Thanksgiving that they invited a lot of family to. I didn't know how to feel about it, but it felt like it was the right thing to do at the time. Well, Thanksgiving morning came, she was really sick, so she ended up not coming, which was a bit of a relief, just because there is that awkwardness around people when you're divorced. I brought my kids with me that year, and when I told my grandma that I had invited my ex but that she wasn't able to come because she was so sick, my grandma said, ''Oh, I'm so glad.'' Now, this is the same lovely, selfless, kind woman who invites my grandpa, her ex, to family gatherings after a couple decades of divorce. Sure, they weren't spending the first ones together, but after healing for the odd decade or two, and after both of them experienced multiple divorces and the death of new spouses, they at least understood each other. And yet, like a mother bear, she felt very protective of me, and I'm grateful for that. I also felt very exposed, especially since this was the first big extended family event after the divorce. That's something you don't really realize, that even though the divorce is done, those first few events you go to, you just feel like eyes are on you, that people are sorry, that they're sad, and they are, they are sorry, they are sad, they don't know what to say. So when we got there, there were these paper autumn leaves that my cousin set up on the table for us to write on. On them we wrote what we were grateful for. My daughter wrote, I'm thankful that my dogs didn't die when they ate chocolate. We had an incident where some chocolate was left out and our small dogs, a Yorkie Cairn Terrier mix and a Maltese, got into it. I had to give them something to make them vomit, but both of them were okay. I can't remember what my son wrote, but I am able to remember what I wrote, because it was one of the only things that I could truly write about being grateful for at the time. That I had my kids with me, and that I was grateful for them. So, that's what I'm going to talk about this episode. Finding gratitude in divorce. This is both easy and extremely difficult depending on where you are in the healing process and how your relationship ended. If you had asked me during that first year of divorce what I was thankful for, it would have been similar to what I'm thankful for now, because there are these core parts of me that will always be the most important aspects of my life, my family, and my children. But before I was divorced, my ex was one of those core gratitudes, And so it was a big mental shift to realize that a core part of me was gone. In addition, it's hard to look back at the hardest year in your life and find things to be grateful for. Was I grateful for the complete lack of sleep and motivation? Was I grateful for my daughter's nightly tears as I fell asleep next to her bed holding her hand? No! Was I grateful for the pain and the grief and the loss of trust and everything I thought to be true? No, I had to stick to those core parts of me that did not change, my family and my kids. But as you gain distance from your divorce, as you gain perspective on why your marriage ended, as the st- therapy starts working and you start to heal you start to recognize the other blessings you have in your life, even the blessing of divorce. I can look at those extremely difficult moments and find things to be grateful for. For example, I was grateful that it was me next to my daughter's bed holding her hand. I was grateful that I had the wherewithal, even though I was in the depths of grief, to be a support for my kids as they dealt with the loss in their lives. And now I can say it without lying, I am grateful for my divorce. Not for all I went through, and what my ex went through for that matter, but that's what happened, and I can't change it. So knowing what I've been through, and how I feel now versus how I felt at the beginning of my divorce, where I was fighting to save it, I am now grateful that I am divorced. Those last three years were a living nightmare. And now I'm grateful that I've been able to spend more time with my kids during the last two and a half years than I had the last five years. When you're gone for nine hours each day and you only see your kids in the morning when you say a prayer with each of them and then after you get home from work at five, it's a blessing to see them in the morning, to make them breakfast and lunches that they can take with them to school, to spend days with them during the summer that I would have spent in an office. Sure, much of that time I'm on my computer working, but I also have the chance to take moments out of my day and go on walks with my kids, to jump on the trampoline during lunch. I'm grateful to be a stay-at-home dad who can be there whenever my kids need me, because for many dads and moms, you don't have that option. So find those things that you are grateful for, and like Susan J. Elliott, write them down daily in your divorce journal. Now this wasn't something I did at the beginning of my divorce. I was honestly just surviving and running on fumes. So I decided in preparation for this episode, I'd start writing what I am grateful for in my divorce journal. I didn't want to suggest something without having done it myself to see how it works. I usually start writing notes on each week's episode at least a month or two in advance so I make sure I don't fall behind. So for the last month I've been adding what I am grateful for into my journal. So I'm going to share a few entries that I've made over the last month or so. For some of them, I got somewhat emotional writing them down. In the first entry, I wrote down seven items. One, I'm grateful that my kids had some quality time with cousins. It gave me time to work and gave my kids some much-needed social interaction. Number two, I'm grateful for a brother that I'm close to, who I can talk to and not worry about being weird. Number three, I'm grateful I can work from home. Four, I'm grateful for walks and talks with my kids. Five, I'm grateful for the zinnius starts that my daughter brought back from school for Mother's Day. My ex thanked her, but since she had no place to put them, I planted them at my house. Each morning, they would get bigger and bigger. And through the summer, they started blooming and grew more and more blossoms and reminded me of my daughter's love even when she wasn't with me. Number six, I'm grateful for baking soda when my dogs have accidents. Number seven, I'm grateful for the scene in Coco where Miguel sings Remember Me to Mama Coco and Mama Coco starts singing along and shares her father's letters and photograph. That one touched me because all Hector, Mama Coco's father wanted, was to return home to see his daughter, one last time before she forgot him. I'm sorry. uh, I'm getting emotional. But as a single dad with a daughter, I couldn't imagine not being able to see my daughter. That's something that not all fathers are able to do enough after divorce. So what did this actually do for me? When you spend each day on the lookout for things to be grateful for, you start to notice how amazing certain things in life can be. During my research on gratitude this week, I came across an old research article from 2010 where the authors evaluated gratitude from a scientific standpoint. It's titled, Why Gratitude Enhances Well-Being, What We Know, What We Need to Know. So in it, the authors evaluate these different scientific studies and research articles on gratitude as a trait and a state, i.e. feeling grateful as a state of being, and from this research, they came up with 10 hypotheses regarding gratitude. 1. Gratitude facilitates coping with stress. 2. Gratitude reduces toxic emotions resulting from self and social comparisons. 3. Gratitude reduces materialistic strivings. 4. Gratitude improves self-esteem. 5. Gratitude enhances accessibility to positive memories. 6. Gratitude builds social resources. 7. Gratitude motivates moral behavior. 8. Gra- grateful people are spiritually minded. 9. Gratitude facilitates goal attainment. And 10. Gratitude promotes physical health. So let's talk about some of those. Now they are hypotheses that they didn't exactly prove in their research, but there were hints in the data that supported these hypotheses. So let's talk about reducing toxic emotions resulting from self and social comparisons. When you get on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever new social media platform has become the new thing of the month, much of what you see is a carefully presented image of people living fantastic perfect lives the couples have large immaculate well-designed living rooms they eat food that looks like it was made by a personal chef and when they vacation it's always in an amazing foreign location and those foreign locations almost always have infinity pools i don't know why all these locations have infinity pools but they do Now, it's no wonder that we look at them and we get a little jealous. I work my butt off nine hours a day, and my summer vacations this year consisted of a two-hour drive to central Utah where I camp with my kids and bathe in the river halfway through the week so I don't destroy the other campers with my smell. Do I post that? No. If I post anything, I post the one day we spent mountain biking down the amazing trails in Ephraim Canyon. I post about the day we spent swimming in Palisades Reservoir not the four hours a day we spent huddled in whatever shade we could try to find and trying to scape the hundred degree weather. And then every now and then, I have an amazing vacation. I go to Paris. I stay in a small hotel room, but I visit the Louvre and Mont Saint-Michel. I walk along the Seine at night. Maybe it's not always the case, I think the main thing I posted from that trip was when I got embroiled in some yellow vest riots on New Year's. That was in Paris. There was tear gas and bottles shattering around us. Yet it was an amazing experience and one of the most memorable parts of my trip. If we spend too much time focusing on what others are posting or judging ourselves for where we feel we should be in our healing process, we don't feel grateful. We feel like we are lacking. So if we focus on what we are grateful for, days that I can take off to go camping with my kids, a cool stream to soak my feet after a morning run, a nice patch of shade to escape the summer heat, our attitude and mindset changes. We focus not on the toxic emotions that comparing ourselves to others creates, and we focus on the positive things that we see in our lives. Once again, write these things down in your divorce journal. It really did help. Make gratitude lists, and as the weeks go by, you'll notice more and more things that you're grateful for. A morning with less traffic than normal. A kind word from the receptionist at the dentist's office. A dog that is so excited to see me that she pees a little if I don't immediately let her outside before she greets me. Now, the next hypothesis is very similar to that one. Gratitude reduces materialistic strivings. Now, is it bad to strive for some materialistic things? No, not necessarily, but it's also important to see it all as relative. For some, an actual bed could be seen as materialistic rather than a mattress in the corner of the room. For others, a mattress could be seen as materialistic rather than a few blankets and a pillow on the carpet. And for other people, a carpet or an actual floor could be seen as materialistic versus the dirt floor that they currently have. Some materialistic strivings can be healthy. But when we are constantly striving for materialistic things, it's hard to be satisfied and grateful for what we have. Yes, I have a Ford Mustang, but I really want a Lambo. Yes, I have a new house, but it's certainly not as extravagant as that one on the hill with Grecian columns and a naked lady fountain in the front yard. I actually don't have a Mustang. I have a an old Honda Pilot that rat holes and has a crack all across the windshield but I am going to drive that thing into the ground so if we are grateful for what we have we don't view materialism as the end all be all of our lives and as we focus on the gratitude in what we have our self-esteem grows thus their next hypothesis gratitude improves self-esteem every 5 years or so I go through this program at work called the strengths finder program At least, that's what it was called at the beginning. It then changed to Strength Finder 2.0 and was recently changed to the Clifton Strengths Program. The idea behind it is that you find out what your greatest strengths are and you play to those strengths because that's what you're good at. You don't focus on your weaknesses, you focus on your strengths. And then the same applies for coworkers and managers with their employees. The same idea can be applied to gratitude. You focus on what you are grateful for rather than the things that are going wrong. So how would this apply to divorce? Let's say you never have time to exercise during the day because you are so busy with work and kids and keeping the household from descending into chaos. If you look at this with resentment, you might think, I just don't have the time to exercise. Why are all these things happening to me? Why am I so lazy? This doesn't help your self-esteem. However, If you look at it with gratitude, you can tell yourself, I am so grateful that I have so much time with my kids. Yes, I'm busy. Yes, my house is chaotic, and the only exercise I get is if I go on a walk with my kids. And I'm so grateful for that time I have with them. Look how flippin' awesome I really am! I'm working! I'm making dinners and breakfasts! I'm setting up playdates and doing chores! I am a rock star! Now, even though both situations are the same, with an attitude of gratitude, (laughs) you look at yourself in the same positive light that your friends and family see you in, at least should see you in. In the study, they state the following, quote, "...grateful people, in focusing on how their lives are supported and sustained by others, might feel more secure and are therefore less likely to seek material goods to strengthen their self-image. Grateful people might also have more stable self-esteem that is less contingent upon transient success and failure experiences, contributing to their ability to cope with stress. So you have two possible benefits, higher self-esteem and a higher ability to cope with stress. Now, I'm sure none of you have had to deal with stress as you've gone through your divorce. I mean, divorce isn't that stressful, right? Now, if we focus on our strengths that we have instead of our weaknesses, wish I was smart enough to develop an app that I can sell to Google for $10 million and then live my life in an RV traveling and living off the interest that $10 million is bringing in. But I'm not. Instead, I'll only make eighty grand a year as a teacher, and I'm not smart enough or disciplined enough to change that. Imagine having that sort of mindset versus one where you say, look at what I'm doing with my life. I am a teacher helping kids find a passion in what they are learning, and I make great money doing it. But I still have plenty of free time to spend with my family, especially during the summer when I have months off that I can spend on vacations with my kids. So how do we cultivate gratitude? Let's look at like the zinnia starts that my daughter brought home from school. The first thing we needed was seedlings and some quality soil to plant them in. While small, those small seeds needed to be watered and fertilized. They needed to be kept away from extreme temperatures. This is like gratitude at the beginning of your divorce. It can seem small. It needs a lot of cultivation and care to germinate. It takes work, and it may not seem like much. But as you water it and fertilize it, it starts to germinate small at first, until it slowly emerges from the soil. Small, fragile, but with such great promise. Eventually, the zinnia starts were strong enough to be transplanted outside in a safe place, protected from extreme elements. This place was where I could easily water them and where they would get plenty of sunshine. Just as the zinnias get stronger and bigger and more resilient to extremes in temperature, your gratitude starts to grow. It gets bigger and you start to notice that even when the figurative temperature swings of the world are a bit more extreme, because you have been growing and cultivating your gratitude, and noticing more and more of what you are grateful for, you aren't as impacted by those temperature swings. And then finally, the Zinnia blossoms, and it keeps blossoming. More blossoms emerge from the same plant, and the blossoms grow big and produce more and more petals. It attracts honeybees, and others start benefiting from the flower. This stage of gratitude is when you really start to blossom. You realize that you are strong and blessed and beautiful, that you can conquer anything. You don't just blossom and die. You blossom and continue to grow petals of gratitude as your blossom gets bigger. And then you sprout other blossoms from the same stem. It's at this stage that you can help others who are going through difficult times, other members of your divorce tribe who need your help. Just like the bee that gathers nectar to make honey, you become more than just an individual plant. You become part of a garden. Now let's go back to Susan J. Elliott's gratitude lists. Quote, several weeks after starting my gratitude work, I felt more positive. Even though I was doing very difficult grief work and looking at my past, life started to get better. I was able to track my success by my growing gratitude lists. Even during my darkest days, I could find something to be grateful for, and that made all the difference in the world. Thinking about what you're grateful for doesn't take away from grieving the end of your relationship, but rather keeps it balanced. Whenever I finished slogging through, writing a letter to my ex in my journal, or looking at some painful childhood memory, I would take a break, do something nice for myself, and then come back and write a gratitude list. This helped me work through many a difficult day. Gratitude lists boost you when you are feeling sorrow and distress because they give you a sense of the good you have in your life and why it's worth it to continue the work. Write these things down. And watch those lists grow as you take care of yourself now this past month as i've written in my journal written my lists about gratitude i have noticed a more positive feeling work has become more stressful kids and school has become more stressful but at the same time i can see those things that i'm grateful for many of them are things I have always been grateful for and will continue to be grateful for. My kids, my family, those core parts of me. And then other simple things like a scene in a Disney movie. That's what we can do with our gratitude lists. Write down those things that we're grateful for that make us happy. That's what a gratitude list is. And as you write these things down, you will find yourself... Noticing more and more those things that you're grateful for. You'll notice the good things in life. Now, this doesn't take away from the mourning that you experience, the sadness that you experience, the loss that you experienced. That's still there. And there will be days when that loss, that sadness hits you. Go back to your gratitude lists. Remember to look at those. And they can help you through, like Susan J. Elliott said, many a difficult day. So enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. In a couple weeks, we'll be talking about vacations after divorce, whether by yourself, with friends, or with family. That's something that I find enjoyable in all of their different configurations. Thank you for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe, leave a review and share it with others who could use support and healing. Visit TheDivorceTribe.com for more resources to help you through your divorce and follow me at The Divorce Tribe on Instagram to be notified when new episodes and content are released. Remember, you are not alone. We are part of the same tribe, The Divorce Tribe. Until next time.